Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation starts. Sit back and listen as we talk to the authors who take you to different places every time you turn those pages. If you enjoy what you hear, give us a like, share with a friend, reach out. We want to hear from you. Hi, so I'm hoping... Hey, welcome to the Author's Forge, everybody. You caught me um, trying to figure out. So we're using StreamYard tonight instead of Zoom because we couldn't get the dang on thing to work. And I was uh, talking to my guest author, Ellen Archer, saying I don't know what it looks like when it goes live. So I am hoping that it notifies me. And right when I was saying that, it told me. So we're doing this thing on thing, Ellen. We are doing this thing. <laughs> We're making it happen. <laughs> Man, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. It's been a it's been a long day. But I'm I'm doing well, I think, as well as can be expected. <laughs> yes. So we actually have spoke before. You were on a other podcast of mine that I used to do. So we have a little bit of background knowledge of each other, which is great. But I want to give, before we start going into all this talk, because last time we spoke, your book was on pre-order. Since yes. then, your book has already been out. And I'm going to tell you, I have read that whole thing. And let me let everybody know, it is a whole book, okay? And um, on the Bombshell Book Review last week, we actually, I actually brought your book up, and I'll explain that in a minute, but I want to let everyone know who L.M. Archer is before uh, we get into all this little discussion. So, L.M. is a uh, romance author, but she goes a little bit on the darker side of romance because for most of her life, she felt like she couldn't talk about the things that she had inside of her. Um, she is from a smaller town and rural America, uh, where a lot of things were kind of kept quiet and she couldn't express herself. Um, so much to the point where she wasn't even expected to go to college, but Ellen put herself through college and she ended up with her master's degree. And one of those degrees is in religious studies where she takes her art of being an author and creates that space to um, utilize her study in the religious realm as well as the artistic realm and the things that she went through in her lives and given a voice to so many people that have been oppressed or may have never had a voice uh, growing up in their lives. So LM, welcome to the Author's Porch. I'm so excited to have you over here so we can talk everything literary. Um, I've And she also has this wonderful blog that we were talking about as well that I've just recently started following because she shares some amazing content on there, which is from a literary word, world, which are, can be anywhere from tips and tricks, which there was one I can't remember, but I was like, oh, those are great tips. I'm going to use those. Then she shares personal stories about her life. And she goes into book reviews, author interviews. It is just a lot of nuggets that y'all need to go and follow. So, LM, let's talk. Let's talk. Girl. Let's talk about. <laughs> um, the last time we talked, um, tell us a little bit about your series. So, Born in Sickness is the first book, correct? The first one. 
I have it right here. It's lovely. I love showing it because it's just the prettiest, uh, the prettiest book I've ever seen. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not, I don't be modest. <laughs> um, it's, the first, <laughs> um, it's the first book in the series. Uh, the Take Me to Church series is what it's called. There's going to be four installments. They're all already written. Uh, it's just they're in the editing process. I actually only have seven or six more chapters to go in the in editing the third, like it's the third round. There's like seven rounds of editing, if I'm being honest. But I've I've several chapters to go. Just a few more uh, for the second one. The second one is called Sweetness and Innocence. So that you can see the theme. There's the word, and then in, and then another word. Uh, and um, it will be out August 10th. Uh, but yes, it's the first oh, in a book series. So. Let me let me tell you about how we brought um, how I ended up bringing up your book on, on my show. Me and my friend author Nicole Paquin, um, the Bombshell Book Review, last Thursday. So we were talking about the shipping errors. That's our May book, and we were coming across the um, the intimate scene, and we were talking about the different ways that authors bring you into those scenes, how they write, which is uh, sweet romance, dark. Um, some of it is kind of touchy-feely. Some of it different. Some of it can be really, really hands-on. So we were talking about different stuff. And I says, let me tell you about this one author's book that I read. I read Ellen Archer, Born in Sickness. And I'm going to tell you, when I read her book, I literally had to stop and Called at times because I was like, I need some air because it was, there was such a heat intensity to the scenes that I was just, it, I felt it. You know what I mean? Like I could feel every part of the scenes and I loved it because you could feel the passion, you could feel the love, you could feel so much more than just that um, that paper level, if you know what I mean. Am I breaking up? So um, <laughs> something to say about that. You're uh, in for a treat if you thought that was <laughs> spicy. <laughs> Oh, wow. um, the heat level. Yeah, the heat level is uh, definitely goes up as the books continue because mm -hmm. their relationship naturally progresses. Um, yeah. And like, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's barely any smut in the first one. <laughs> the second one has a decent amount. I'm going to be honest. The second one probably has the most. Um, the third one has, uh, yeah, the rest of them will have a, a lot more to be honest. Uh, but yeah, you, you're just scratching the surface of what I can do as far as, uh, <laughs> as intimate themes go. You know. <laughs> like legit, you're just scratching the surface. It's literally, um, like those types of scenes is probably my favorite thing to write. Um, Cause I don't know why it's just something I, I feel like I'm, I excel at <laughs> and I yeah. don't know why I, I, I have that in me, but yeah, those, the, the, there's, um, I'm trying to think there, I know that there's a dream sequence, um, and in born in sickness, 
Um, and then there's another one later on. And yeah, that's just, that's barely scratching the surface because their relationship is still so new and born in sickness. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely more established and you get to really grow you, their int- your amount of intimacy grows with the characters. Um, so I think the next one really has that growth in in a relationship because um, Harlan is, is he's a virgin in it and he's um, and Luke is very understanding of that and it, and he has a lot of trust issues uh, Harlan does so it takes I try to be as organic as possible for the amount of effort it takes to get there and then when it is there it's still slow and and I um, yeah it's one of my favorite things to write I don't know I feel if you read cool for the summer, you're going to be in for it because that one, <laughs> that one is definitely more steamy than Born in Sickness. It's not like um, it's definitely not erotica because there's a, a storyline in there, but there is a lot of sex scenes. <laughs> there's a lot of smut <laughs> and cool for the yeah. summer. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of authors are uncomfortable writing um, sex scenes and. and or writing intimate scenes altogether. So I applaud you for being comfortable because um, I just had a release today and in my book, I couldn't go past that they just did a kiss. I couldn't go any further. I was like, oh, like I felt like I was their mother and I was closing my eyes. So, but when I was reading your book, I just, the, the one thing that stood out to me the most was the sheer passion that they had for each other. And not just because of, um, you know, just the carnal, let's let's have at each other. It wasn't just about that. It was so much more intimate about this self-discovery. And it was this freedom of finally being able to be yourself, right? That Mm -hmm. there was so much more. So I, I just, so let me ask you this, okay, because I don't want to give too much away because I could talk to you forever because I literally had so many emotions reading that book. Uh, all good, all good emotions, just so many. Um, so let me ask you this. Why this genre? Why this series? What is this series tied so close to you? So, I mean, I I grew up a lot like the main character. Or Luca. Actually, I'm a mix between Luca and Harlan in a lot of ways. Um, so I grew up a lot like the main character, Luca, who is um, from a very conservative Christian home. Um, he just, he grew up just incredibly, with incredibly strict parents. Um, but he has this secret and his secret is something that he feels can tear his family apart. And it's the fact that he is attracted to men. Um, and he's, he's very bold though, because he's just, he's a teenage boy. I mean, like, think about it. Like I've had people say, oh, well he, you know, he says he, you know, doesn't, um, really agree with his own sexuality, but he's so bold. Like, how does that make sense? He's a teenage boy. That's how it makes sense. Like they, um, a lot of times I feel like, and I had this exact thought, the thought of you know, just do it now. And then I'll ask for forgiveness later and I'll get saved and baptized and all will be ha- forgiven and I'll straighten myself up in the future and I'll get right with the Lord. And um, that's kind of how Luca's character starts the series. as like seeing and telling himself. He's like, 
it's fine. It's just an itch I have to scratch. I, I, yeah, I might be a little bit attracted to men, but I'm allowed to rebel a little bit as teenage rebellion. Like that's what he tells himself. Cause mm-hmm. you're really good at lying to yourself. If you, um, if you grow up thinking that it's wrong and he does. So, um, yeah. a part of the series, you follow his journey of accepting his sexuality. And then Harlan is the opposite. He knows he, his sexuality. He's happy with it, but he has a lot of issues with trust and you don't exactly know why until I can't, I'm not going to ruin it, but you don't know why until later, <laughs> like what his, his yeah. issues with trust are in the reasoning. He has good reasoning, but um, it's, and, but he has a lot of like mental health issues. He deals with anxiety, depression. Um, he talks about insomnia he, um, you know, not to spoil or anything, but he deals with self-harm in the in the book. Um, mm-hmm. And I really wanted to tackle that and not shy away from it because so many of our youth deal, deals with those exact same things. We might just kind of shrug them off and, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're, they're kids. They don't know, you know, but they do. They know what sadness is. They know what these they're experiencing these very heavy emotions and they aren't always taught how to deal with them and harlan is a great example of that he's not he was never taught how to deal with these emotions that he experiences and um he lets it out in an a self-destructive way um and i wanted i didn't want to romanticize that either i think sometimes authors will romanticize uh this notion of like self-harm and and depression and anxiety and things of that nature. I didn't want to romanticize it. I wanted to just highlight it and and like paint it in a very real way uh, because they're very real scenarios. They, they are. And I think that um, hiding behind them and, and not talking about them does more harm than bringing them to the forefront. Um, I have a dear friend of mine who writes books on um, child sexual trauma, uh, you know, about people that harm children. And she has a social worker that solves all the problems, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And and a lot of people want to shy away from the books because they're like, oh, I don't want to read about that. But what people don't understand is you have to open up the conversations. We have to stop hiding behind these doors. And I love that authors like yourself are not scared to have those conversations. You're not scared to to say the things that need to be said within your writing because they're an integral part of your story and the journey of your characters. And I, I felt your character struggle when I was reading the book. I felt their inner pull on their heart when they needed to be themselves, yet they still felt they had to adhere to certain standards and society and societal norms. And I felt that because of the way you wrote the book. And so I applaud you for doing that because a lot of people can't because they don't want to offend anybody. Oh, I'm fine with offending people. I actually offended someone earlier today on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I literally tweeted a joke. Um, so in my Twitter, like, bio it literally says blasphemy is my brand <laughs> and i tweeted a, a joke that said something along the lines of uh why would you let jesus take a, take the will there was not even uh, cars in his time 
he belongs in the passenger seat with the other imaginary <laughs> friends. <laughs> That's what I tweeted. And some yeah. random person commented, they replied to my tweet and they said, um, I know that this is a joke, but have some respect. And I, I like, I, I don't remember what my response was, but I really wanted to respond with like, would you tell somebody to respect their abuser? Mm. And that's how it is. Like a religion has abused me over the years. I have religious trauma. Most people who, most gay LGBT people probably have some sort of religious trauma uh, because of most of the groups that are trying to oppress them or have oppressed them in the past have been religious groups. So yes. to me, telling me to respect someone, something, this entity that has, that spends like 90, like a lot of it spends its entire existence telling me that I'm wrong because of my attraction to and my and who I am and my sexuality. So it's like to me, like you wouldn't tell your you wouldn't tell a woman she has to respect her abuser. So why would you tell me I have to respect religion? Right. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I'm not afraid to offend people. Uh, I <laughs> I offend people by existing sometimes. <laughs> I. <laughs> I literally just, I have no issues doing that um, just because, you know, I, I am, I'm very strong in my beliefs that being comfortable, being uncomfortable is not a bad thing. Um, just because you're uncomfortable does not mean it's bad. And I feel like in our culture today or in probably our entire society, the moment that you're uncomfortable about something, you're, it's bad. You have to stay away. It makes you uncomfortable. And while I think you have to do that to a certain extent, especially like for mental health and, you know, physical health and things of that nature. Um, I do think that just because you're a little bit uncomfortable is not a bad thing because in order to make change, you have to make people uncomfortable. Um, people were yeah. uncomfortable seeing gay people kiss out in the streets. And that's slowly changing because more and more gay people are starting to do it. And um, I'm just, I'm very strong in my belief that you have to make people uncomfortable to bring about change. Um, and mm -hmm. things will stay in the dark if you refuse to highlight them. And that's what I want to do with this series. Um, the first book is literally scratching the surface. The second book is a little bit more. And then the third book dives. Um, and that the third book will be the make or break people, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, so I just really, I'm really strong in my beliefs that if if something makes you uncomfortable, you let it sit in the dark. And if you let it sit in the dark, then it can keep growing and fostering. Um, so an only way to defeat it is to highlight it. Yeah, you know, I and I don't know if somebody else said this. If not, then I'll, I'll claim it. Uh, <laughs> but progress happens on the other side of your comfort zone. And that that's everybody, you know, our whole entire world progress happens on the other side of your comfort zone. And, uh, and we've had this conversation before and, and everybody that knows me knows that I lean on my faith for, for many, many answers, but I am, I don't claim religion. And there's a reason for that because of the oppression that comes with the institution of religion. But my God, I'm, I'm governed by 
what is in my heart, what I know, I feel in my faith and my spirituality. But I also absolutely 100% respect everybody and their views. Um, you know, and, and I offended somebody on Twitter as well. It's funny you bring that up because I wrote on Twitter that um, I, I have my vaccine and I agree with getting the vaccine, but my husband did not get vaccinated and he does not agree, but I respect his opinion. And somebody mm -hmm. commented, your husband's a fool. He's spreading COVID. <laughs> not, yeah. All I did was put laugh out loud. I, I, I couldn't even respond because at that point I just said, I'm not a medical person, even though I could educate them on the fact that the vaccine does not cure. It only helps you have a fighting chance not to go into the hospital. <laughs> so I said, I, I'm going to bow out of this one and just leave, let them spew whatever they need to spew. So there, there yeah, are people that it, are going to have opposing views. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's learning your battles um, and not like fighting them all. I got into a lot of Twitter fights on my on my personal account on on the <laughs> on Easter. That was that was fun. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's picking your battles and it's yeah. you know knowing like I always I always make the analogy that like you can't play chess with the pigeon because it's just going to destroy the board and then shit on it. <laughs> and like to me, that's what it's like sometimes arguing with people on the internet. Like neither of you yeah. are going to change your opinion it's just a waste of time a waste of energy um so there's really just no point but for this for this particular case i felt the need to reply and respond just because okay. like they probably shouldn't be following my twitter if they don't want like if they don't like certain types of uh content and my twitter literally like my bio, all of it says, you know, like I'm an atheist and that's something that I talk about a lot on Twitter and on my, all of my social medias. And it's something that it is very strong in my author career as well with uh, the Take Me to Church series. Um, and I don't in the Take Me to Church series, I don't ever like just like completely shit on religion. Like I don't do that. Um, I just want to present arguments and show facts and like everything that's in there is facts. Everything that Harlan tells Luca are facts. And mm -hmm. like, that's something I really wanted to make clear, especially um, as I'm publishing this is that I'm, I'm not setting out to make atheist. I'm not setting out to make you not believe in God anymore. I just want you to understand this religion that you blindly follow because so many people don't. And if they want to stay like that, they can feel free, but um, you might not want to read my book <laughs> because <laughs> it definitely, and I'll tell you that, like, if you want to stay blind in your faith and you want to keep believing everything your church has ever told you, then do that. Just, you might not want to read my book because I really tackle um, theologic theology. I tackle the Bible. I tackle, um, Genesis. I <laughs> like we, uh, they get into some really good conversations about religion and there's a lot of reasoning for that, that you don't find out until later. Um, but I wanted to use it. I wanted to use my knowledge and I wanted to kind of use the book as a look, if 
your religion is wrong about all of these things that I've, I've listed. And I literally list them in the book later. <laughs> like I, if your religion is wrong about X, Y, and Z, then what makes you think it's correct about gay marriage? And it's about, and what it says about, about the home, about homosexuality. Like right. it, that's kind of the whole point of the, the thing. And then I also wanted to show how religion does hurt people. Um, how mm-hmm. it traumatizes people. Um, how people use religion as a weapon. They weaponize their God. And mm-hmm. that was something that was important for me to point out in the Take Me to Church series. Um, and the born in sickness really does just scratch the surface of it because it's the beginning. It's the beginning of their story. Um, and it's a roller coaster. I will say yeah. that the whole series is a roller coaster. The, just the first book I read, I read the entire first book and, and it was a roller coaster. And as a, you know, and, and I know that you say that, you know, if you're, you're in your religion, you're in your faith, maybe you don't want to read the book, but I want to encourage people who are open in their faith, who, who understand that, um, man's religion is flawed, but yes. faith itself is not to read the books because um, you come from a place that you've been educated in theology, you've been educated in a lot of things when it comes to man-made religion, right? And the things that you are saying in your book is coming from that place of education. So what people can do if, you know, if they, if they are a person of faith like me is listen to that, understand it, not only for what it where it comes from but also from those individuals point of view that have been oppressed and damaged and traumatized by the things that have told them that they're not worthy yeah and then and i challenge folks to do that and the reason and and don't go do it just so they can have some type of uh, ammunition don't do that because if you do that then you're not my people in any way shape or form mm-hmm. do it to understand more because there are so many people hurting in the world and they're not able to use their voice and and that saddens me at the core being of who I am because one I'm loud mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't ever stop talking some days and I couldn't imagine not being able to use my voice to to say that I love my husband, that I love my children, I love my dogs, even the one that's down here snoring that I had to nudge her a little bit to stop snoring before it was on camera. Um, so I I think that honestly, Ellen, I think that your book is for everybody that is accepting and willing, regardless um, of their faith choices, because. They just have to have an open mind and understand that regardless of what they believe in, we're humans. Yeah. So maybe it's more of I I do like agree on on that point, especially, you know, the challenge. I like I really do challenge people to read this series, this entire series, not just the first book, but the entire series. I challenge people to read it and then come out of it still believing that homosexuality is a sin and that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I challenge people to do that because I really, I think, and that's, that's the whole point of the series. Like people, like uh, one of my 
best friends and who beta my books for me, who was with me from like the beginning of writing this whole series. She is religious. She believes in God and she still believes in God even after the series. And I'm perfectly fine with that. We're still best friends. I have no issues with people who are who believe in God, who have faith um, in a higher power. But, you know, she is more than willing to admit that the Bible was written by man and it's flawed. It's inherently flawed because of that. So um, that's kind of what I want to come through in my book and people like you and her who, you know, are allies of the LGBT community or, but maybe not completely in it. um, It really forces you to live the life of someone who is in an, a, a like a very oppressed situation um, of two gay, you know, young adults. They're new adults. They're 17, 18, um, 19, I think. Yeah, 18 and 19. Um, two young adults who are just trying to figure this world out. They're wrong. And one of them believes it. <laughs> the other one doesn't, of course. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it forces you to hear, like, to to see what's going, what they what they go through, and what they have to go through, and what a lot of them do go through, um, especially later in the book when um, it gets into the really um, angsty parts uh, that later in the series. But the first one, like I said, is it's it has a lot of angst in a lot of ways, but it also is just scratching the surface to what this series is, and. Um, the topics that it addresses um, because it does address some really heavy topics later on um, that are important, are very, very important. Um, but I think a lot of people are just scared to to do it because it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. So you said book two comes out in August, right? Yeah, my birthday, August 10th. Hey, happy, birth- <laughs> happy early birthday because I have a memory like a month. <laughs> I want okay. to do stuff on my birthday and I wanted to celebrate it with my readers so I am releasing the second book I haven't really I haven't showed the um cover yet but I have it uh my cover person uh has finished it and it looks amazing um so I'm really excited to reveal it <laughs> I'm excited to see it and I'm excited to read the second book so after this series is done, do you have do you know, already know where you're going after this? Oh yeah, I've already um, I'm almost done with my next trilogy. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm about six chapters from finishing it. Um, so well, it's it, the way I write chapters, and the what you what is the end result of chapters are completely different. So. Theoretically, I'm about like 12-ish chapters from finishing it, but or maybe 13. Um, but I'm over halfway through the last. Um, it, right now, it's a trilogy. I'm thinking it might end up being more. I haven't decided. Um, but it is a dark romance. It's a mafia. Um, oh, love it already. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so it, it kind of. Um, it. I like to challenge various views when I write. Um, and it really takes a look at morality. Um, it tackles the concept of morality. And yeah, so the first one, um, it's a, it's about, it's another, uh, Elmel romance. Um, and basically this rich guy is in the wrong place at the wrong time. He gets kidnapped. 
he falls in love, you know, the classic Stockholm syndrome, but not really. <laughs> it's not Stockholm syndrome, I promise. But um, <laughs> he falls in love with um, the guy who kind of captured him. Um, and there's a lot that goes on. It's a lot of twists and turns. And then the second one is a different couple uh, that you're already introduced to. And then the third one is another couple, um, which is the one I'm almost finished with. And each couple are, is very, very different. Like the first one's more of a classic romance um, well, not classic, but the first one's more, it's definitely angsty. The second one though, is, um, the couple's kind of toxic. Like they, they're, they, they're really, they, they screw each other up a lot and you want to hate them, but you can't. <laughs> and, um, so the second one is definitely more like, it's, it's not anything I've ever personally tried to write like that toxicity in a relationship and, still making it redeemable because, you know, I'm, I'm a feminist. I don't want to see people in toxic relationships, but it does happen. Um, yeah. So I really had to be careful and tread carefully with the sh they were doing to each other. Um, so that's, um, you know, both of them are redeemable by the end. And then the third one, I would say the third one's probably the closest thing to classic romance. Um, one of them thinks he's straight and he's not. And yeah, so it kind of follows cool for the summer in that way, but it's very, very different because there's a lot of external factors going on and a lot of secrecy. Um, it's a very uh, twisty, turny type series. Uh, like my betas who, or I guess they're alphas who read it as I write or like their mind gets blown a lot because they're like, I was not expecting you to do that or, you know, I can't believe I, that came out of nowhere. And then they'll, I'll be like, well, if you think about it, I did foreshadow a little bit. And they're like, yeah, I just didn't, you know, get coming. Um, so yeah, it's a definitely, um, the Take Me to Church series is dark because of external factors. Whereas the, the Saint of the Sinners series, which is the mafia one is dark because of internal stuff. Um, so uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely more adult. There's violence. There is bloodshed. There's guns. <laughs> it's definitely mafia. Um, but I I did my best not to romanticize it. And like I, there's a like I think by the end of the first one you'll really start to understand um, where I'm going with it. But maybe <laughs> so um, after this I I have that one. I also like have a book um, that I might publish that's it's an established relationship where the couple is struggling uh, with infertility and then they get they finally have a baby together and it follows mm -hmm. them throughout the pregnancy uh, oh, but wow. I played with the idea um, I I just can't bring myself to to release it because of my own issues um, yeah. so I I've played with the idea of because uh, it needs I'll probably add a little bit more to it or maybe even make it like a um, duet where you know um, there's a, it's like a two-part um, thing where the first one focuses on their struggle with infertility and then the second one will be their happy ending uh, but a selfish part of me probably won't don't doesn't know if I'll ever publish it because I don't know if I'll get my own happy ending when it comes to my infertility struggles. Um, yeah. But I have a lot of stuff that's just done and sitting and I just haven't done anything with it. Um, I have, you know, some like short novellas, uh, some BDSM ones, like some just more <laughs> on the 
inside. I have, I have a little bit of everything. I just, um, I'm just trying to like publish things more, not slowly, but like, I want to get the Take Me to Church series out of the way. And then I may publish a novella in between and then switch um, faces to the, the other, the mafia one. Um, and then I've had, I have some really good ideas for some future um, books that I'm really excited about. I was telling um, my betas, my alphas, whatever you want to call them, the other day about one of my ideas. And Linda was just, she was just like, how do you come up with this stuff? And I was like, I was actually half asleep. And I figured, you know, if I remember it by morning, it's still a good idea. <laughs> and yeah. um, so I'm excited about that one because I don't know if I've ever seen anyone write something like it, um, but I don't read it a lot anymore. So, I mean, I'm, I should probably double check and make sure that I'm not like copying someone's idea without knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Two to three books a week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the worst. Uh, ever since I started writing, I just I don't read as much as I want to. Um, I've been reading a book called Escapade. That's an ailment and ailment romance. Um, it's really good. Uh, I I've it's it's got some really good dialogue. They're not much for inner monologue. I've noticed the writer doesn't do a lot of inner monologue, but she he I don't know is freaking amazing yeah. with dialogue, and they're very clever and witty in their dialogue um it's just so funny um it's basically about um i think he's like an escort i guess you would call him an escort uh jack mm -hmm. jack is an ex escort and he meets lucas in a cab and lucas is a like a big time exec um and lucas basically hires uh um jack to go with him on a uh, to like his 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 best friend's getting married, so go with him to his best friend's wedding, and it's 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 a good book so far, so I'm excited to finish it. It's just I haven't had a lot of time to read it, um, yeah. but yeah. So I need to, I need to really dedicate more time to reading. I'm just, I'm just the worst. away from you unless it becomes part of your job, and reading um, becomes part of my job when I do this, um, so I can talk to the author. I, would love, I love to talk about certain things in their books, so it kind of takes on its own um, habit for me. So let me ask you this. Um, if people want to reach out to you and connect with you in your book or talk about any of uh, your blogs, how do they reach you? Um, best way to reach me is probably Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I'm on that more than I, wanted, I should be. I also have Instagram uh, and Facebook. All of them have the same at LM Archer Books, LM Archer Books, B-O-O-K-S, um, as well as TikTok. I'm not on that one as much. I do. I'm trying to be more on it, but I've had a lot of stuff happening in the past week that has just kind of distracted me from any kind of creativity, uh, which is, has been a struggle. Um but I have a series on TikTok that I've been doing that is, um, and I also post them on Instagram, where I I, I dramatically read uh, blurbs <laughs> to books. Okay. Um, so I, it doesn't make fun of them or anything, and it's me being goofy. But I just dramatically read books, uh, blurbs to books, um, and on TikTok I'll stitch a lot and talk about like an author, or I'll talk, I'll stitch atheist type things. Um, and then I have a website, LM marcherofficial.com um it has a newsletter sign up as well as a contact me page which has all my social medias attached and a little form that like you can fill out and contact me that way 
Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other forms of contact. I feel like there was one I was thinking of and now I'm forgetting it completely. There's, oh, I have a Facebook group. <laughs> That's what it was. I have a Facebook readers group. Again, you can find that on Facebook. It's uh, LM Archer Readers Group, I think is what it's called. Um, but it's linked on my website. And that's where, you know, you guys can go and openly talk about my books. Um, I have a quick little, like I ask you, which one's your favorite book that of mine and um, mm -hmm. things of that nature, just to make sure that it's not people who didn't, has never read anything I've ever written, <laughs> like, like trying to do it. Um, so I do have that. And that's kind of there for you guys to, or for readers, any readers to connect with each other. Uh, because honestly, the Take Me to Church series, you kind of need an emotional support group by the end of it, I think. <laughs> I'm not trying to scare I might have people. to join. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to scare you, but I have been told that you might need an emotional support human. <laughs> okay. Like, about Thanks for the warning. <laughs> so um, You're, if you want to... Go ahead. If you had any advice to give to anybody that, that's currently or uh, currently struggling with or has been traumatized because of happened to be oppressed for so many years, what would your advice be for them? That's a hard one. Um, I think my advice would just be to use your trauma as a weapon <laughs> in some ways um not as in like because the thing about it is is i feel like people easily ignore a lot of the issues because they don't go through them um right. so you know they're they're not um they're not you know they're not oppressed because of their sexuality for example or maybe they they are bisexual or, or gay or yeah. lesbian or something and they grew up in a very accepting home which does happen quite often I mean I, I would love that for everybody but I think sometimes if you give yourself a voice and you really dive out on that out on you know you dive into the deep end when it comes to it and just not be afraid to share your story uh, it humanizes you and it humanizes your trauma and it forces people to be in your shoes for a little bit, whether it is through a song or a poem or a book that you're writing or any kind, any just talking about it, like YouTube, anything, just give yourself that voice, even if it's just to your friends, even if it's just to your family. Um, you know, sharing, not being afraid to open yourself up to that trauma and sharing it with others, because the more people who are vocal about it, the more things can change with it. And you can also, I think it's important to find people that you can relate to. Um, so you don't feel like you're so alone in the battle that you, you know, this internal battle. Um, because I think a lot of like, growing up in, you know, a small town, a small high school, I only knew like one other gay person at the time that was in my high school. Another one that wasn't out that people kind of figured, but wasn't sure now, but now that we've all gotten older and, you know, people have moved away. So many of the people I went to high school with has, you know, come out as 
you know, mm. lesbian, gay, and they just didn't feel safe in high school. But, you know, if all of them came out in high school at the same time, then nothing would have happened. Because, you know, like it's one of those things is safety in numbers and their safety in yeah. people, what you knowing more people. So if we're all just pretending we're not gay or <laughs> pretending we're, you know, normal or whatever, and we, I, you know, marry a man because that's what society tells me to do, then no one's ever going to know that I'm suffering. Right. And it's, it's just like any other, any other social issue, anything like that, you're not, you can't know about it unless people are starting to be vocal about it. And if you're not vocal about it, then it'll just continue to, to hurt people. Um, so my advice to anyone who's struggling is to use their voice and uplift others who are struggling with it and humanize their cause and just not be afraid to to take people down if they have to and like and like really explain who they are because it's it's harder to hate somebody if you know them like it's easy to say oh i hate gay people if you don't have any gay friends but you know you probably do have a gay friend and you just don't even realize it because they're too scared to come out to you because they know you hate gay people so someone you love is gay I hate to break it to you. <laughs> someone you love is gay. Someone you love is trans. Someone you love is bi. Someone you love is non-binary. And they're just too afraid to tell you. And you have to really ask yourself if if they did come out tomorrow, would you really say that you hate them to their face? Do you know them. You've maybe even raised them. Like how, like how could you be so heartless to say that you hate someone just because of one thing about them? That's like saying, oh, I hate you because your eyes are brown. Like right. they can't change it. It's not their fault. And it's yeah. just, it's a really illogical and dumb reason to hate someone. Um, I mean, hate someone because they're a horrible person. <laughs> like hate someone because they kick puppies. Like don't hate someone because, yeah. you know, of love. Don't hate someone because of love. Yeah, I think it's very important uh, that people stand up and use their voices and be heard so that we can uh, come out of the darkness of all the things that people are being oppressed for. So I like, um, I love that advice, you know, use, use your, your trauma as your, as your sword to take people down and, and show them the way into the future to bring about the pro progress that we need in our society. So um, do you have any, any shout outs before we, we end the show and, and I wait patiently for August to come so I can read your next book. <laughs> um, I mean, my shout outs are definitely um, to my favorite people in the entire world. <laughs> um, Dana and Linda are always usually first on this list of shout outs because they're like my mom's like Linda would get pissed off at me for saying that because she's not too much older than me. But <laughs> um, they like, they're just so they support me in everything I do. They're always there to pick me up when I'm sad or when I'm falling down like this, like today I was having a really bad day because I feel like I haven't been able to write as much as I normally do. Um, because last week was a really bad week for me. And they're just always there to like remind me that I'm human and I need to be human and I'm allowed to have bad weeks. I'm allowed to have bad days. I'm allowed to have days where uh, creativity isn't flowing 
And um, they also are my alphas and they beta and they um, read everything I write. They edit a lot of it. They usually do the first round or two of editing. Um, they just got through sweetness of innocence and I'm asking sweetness and innocence and I'm asking them to go back through it because they went through it first and then I went through it and I like changed a lot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and so I asked them to go back through it so they could just check the flow. Mostly. I was like, you don't have to edit just check the flow. So they're, they're a huge shout out to them. They're like my, my best friends. And then I have, um, Mindy and Sarah both also edit the books for me. Um, they're rock stars. Um, Mel's reads them through Melanie. Um, and then I also have a lot of cheerleaders on the side. Uh, Morgan, Veronica, um, Ashley, they're all my, my little, my cheerleaders and I love them dearly. And then I also, of course, my husband and, um, and our girlfriend, um, they're very supportive in everything that they do, uh, with me and, um, like I was doing my makeup earlier and I was like, does this look like crap? And my husband was like, no, no, it's great. <laughs> and cause I was just like, does this is shirt match my makeup. And like normally <laughs> roll his eyes, but he knew that this was important to me and he was like, no, I think it looks good together. So, cause I'm just not a very visually, uh, creative person. Um, so yeah. Um, because I watch you do, I watch all of your makeup, um, photos and I love how you do makeup one day. Maybe I'll make my way over to where you are at and you can do my makeup. I would love to do your makeup. Uh, I'm really not, I'm really not a visually creative person. Like today I, I literally cannot think of what to do with my makeup. So I just like Googled makeup ideas. And was like, oh, these colors would work. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, but yeah, my husband's very supportive and, you know, our girlfriend is too. And um, so they're always my, that's my list of shout outs. And of course my dog and my, my cat and <laughs> just all of my readers. Like, I'm just so thankful for all 103 people, I think, or whatever, who's bought Born in Sickness at this point. All four people who have pre-ordered Sweetness and Innocence. I'm just so thankful for every single person who you know has supported me in any way and I recently started a GoFundMe um for my infertility struggles uh so um, I'm just so thankful for the people who donated to that because you know I've I've really gone out on a limb recently with um a new blog series that I did we were just talking about it before we started the interview um but I'm doing a new blog series that's really talks about my struggles with infertility and trying to conceive. Um, and you can check that out. It's on my website, lmarcherofficial.com. You just go to the blog um, tab. And um, I just posted a new one. And each one is a, is a letter, um, is an open letter to either a person or a group of people. My first one was uh, Dear Pregnant Best Friend. And then my one today was Dear Husband. And it really mm. tackles, yeah. Yeah. So, and so each one, that's why it's called the letters of infertility because each one's a letter to, um, to either a person or various group of people, maybe even to myself. Um, so like I said, one last week was dear, um, dear pregnant best friend. Um, and then the one today from that I posted today was dear, um, dear husband. So, um, it really just tackles those, um, 
thing because infertility is one of those things that I feel like a lot of people don't like to talk about. And you know me mm -hmm. at this point. I mean, I feel like you probably know me, and even people that are watching that don't know me <laughs> know this by now. I will talk about stuff that people don't want to talk about. <laughs> and yeah. um, and infertility though has been is such a close subject to my heart that it has it's been very difficult for me to talk about it. It's uh, we've been struggling. I've been struggling with it for almost five years, and this is the first time mm -hmm. I really opened up about it. But I really want to put myself out there because I know people struggle with it and it feels like an, a, an, a lonely battle, but it doesn't have to be. So I started the series and I got a lot of really positive responses from it. And um, people encouraged me to start a GoFundMe um, for IVF because that's basically our last option. And it's very expensive. I don't know if you know that. Um, it's, yeah. I, um we went through it ourselves when we were in Germany and we went, um, our last uh, option was IVF and it was going to be 10 grand and we yeah. opted to, to not do the IVF. Um, so I have my children for my first marriage, but me and my husband, um, we've got six dogs together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, it's, it's about ten to $15,000. I talked to, we um, had a discussion with our fertility specialist and he said it would be about, um, we would need about 14000 Um And I, my insurance, my health insurance here in America does not pay that at all. Like it pays zero. Um, so I was encouraged from that series to start a GoFundMe um, that is linked to that series um that you know if you know if anyone wants to donate it's there i'm not asking or begging or anything like that but right. it is there because i i wanted it started because i wanted to highlight how horrible infertility is and how it's not even well researched and i'm sure you understand this at this point uh since you said you had gone through it a little bit um but yeah so that's there. Um, so that was my recent blog series. And you can find my blogs on my website. Um, I do a lot of different ones. Like CJ was saying earlier, I um, have writing tips. I have smut tips, smut writing tips. And CJ loves <laughs> uh, She should check that one out. <laughs> I, have, um, I, I post poetry on my blog. Uh, so some of my personal poetry is on there. Um, I have... God, I have a little bit of everything. I have book reviews, book excerpts. So if you want to check out the first like three chapters of Cool for the Summer, or not, well, both of them, the first three chapters of Born in Sickness and the first chapter of Cool for the Summer, both of those are on my blog. Um, so yeah, feel free. I mean, it's right there for you to take. <laughs> and I really want to give it to you. Um, and if you have anything, you oh, also talk about playlists and stuff, because uh, I am very uh, inspired by music, especially in my writing. So I make playlists for all of my books. Um, so I talk about the playlist and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, my blog is is a fun place to be, I think. <laughs> so um, can you send me your GoFundMe link? I wanna add it to the show notes here so folks can have that, that quick link to go if they are so compelled to, um, to share in the kindness that other others have already shared with you. And I hope they do because um, I I was there at one point and, and me and my husband, you know, made our choices and came to our um, place in life. And, you know, now I'm, I'm happy we made the choices that we did. So um, I hope they, you know, feel compelled to, to share. But um, do you have any parting words before we, we 
in the show tonight. It's been it's been great. I always love talking to you. You know that. I we have such a good time every single time we talk, and I love um, your spirit and your openness and your ability to create some amazing literature as well as blog posts and thought provoking content that I just enjoy because I enjoy learning. Yeah. I enjoy learning too. So I guess parting words would be, um, you know, if you're an author and you're struggling, um, I didn't say this, uh, re but I did mention how last week was a bad week for me. And that was because I suffered a third miscarriage last week. Um, so you always have personal stuff. And I've been beating myself up about, you know, not being able to be as creative as I normally am. Um, but I'm human. And uh it was a really bad week, but just kind of please remember that you're human if you're an author and it's okay to have bad weeks. Um, and I'll definitely send you my GoFundMe link. Um, so if anyone who's watching this feels like they would at least share it, that would be great. Um, we could use all the help we can get at this point because that's our last option. Um, and then I guess parting words would be if you are religious, <laughs> Or if you are, if you think that being gay is wrong, um, I challenge you to read the Take Me to Church series. And by the end of it, tell me you still believe that. I really do. I challenge you. So tell me by the end of that, this book series. And you have to read all four books. <laughs> I will personally <laughs> I'm challenge. I'm challenging the people who have, are watching this. I will personally <laughs> If you can... Finish the Take Me to Church series and still feel as though being gay is wrong. I I just I don't you're not human. <laughs> like that's how that's how um that's how passionate I'm about this series. That's how much I believe in this series. Um I really think it will open people's eyes if they just stick with it. The second one um is still pretty lighthearted. Um it's probably um, it has a lot of relationship building. So stick with me. You can stick with me through the second one and get to the third one. Um, I think I will, I will open your eyes about a lot of stuff. So yeah. Um, let me hurt you. <laughs> it's kind of what I'm asking. <laughs> so oh, yes. Um, I think it's important. The series is very important because it really highlights the atrocities, uh, atrocities that the church commits, um, and people do in the name of religion. Um, and that's something that I'm very passionate about. So that's and my part. I, I love people. I love people that write from a place of passion because I believe that um, when you write from a place of passion, you're never going to be at a loss for words. You're never going to be at a loss for content. And you're always going to be providing something that uh, the public needs, not that they just, you know, need to escape from, but something they need. Something yes, that I, they, in their heart and in their soul, they need. And, and that's the stuff that I live for. Yeah, I get told by my ARC readers that they're like, this is that's a story that I never knew I needed. Um, and I, I will, like, it breaks you apart. But it, I'll put you back together, <laughs> I promise. But you might not I be the same so. person before. And I hope, I hope that so you're not because <laughs> You know, after reading that first one, I'm telling you, I had to put it down. I had to put it down. Yeah, you, you turn my fan on. <laughs> I had to put my fan like on and I had to come back. Which character are you more attached to, Harlan or Luca? Be honest. <laughs> Harlan. 
Carlin. He's a he's a baby. <laughs> I hope that you get more time. Yes. Carlin is um he is a broken boy, but um I think you'll end up getting more attached to Luca as the series progresses and you'll really get to see how, you'll get to grow with them. And that's kind of what I wanted with this series. That's why it's slow build, uh, but you definitely get to grow with them. So, but yeah, thank you for reading the first one. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, feel free to rate it on Amazon and Goodreads. I think you already rated it on Goodreads. I think I saw that. Um, and oh, I yeah, do my reviews. I know how important they are for authors. Yes. I make sure I do my reviews. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And if anyone watches this has, has, bought the book this is your reminder to go leave a review please uh, they are very important for authors um and yes thank you so much for your support yeah our books are invisible unless you leave a review they're basically just sitting out there on amongst millions and millions of books unless the reviews are made and other people don't see how important yeah. your word is and no one's going to read it unless you recommend it and that's that's the nature of the beast now that we yes, live in this yes. digital world uh, so i recommend so. it to you oh yeah, yeah and definitely rate it like you said yeah i think you have to get up to like so many ratings to even for it to help your ranking on uh, amazon for example so yes please 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 rate it um if you just it takes two seconds you don't even have to write a review if you don't want to but i really would appreciate it if you wrote a review uh, but it literally takes two seconds to rate it so if you're one of the 102 people who have bought my book uh please 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 rate it <laughs> there should be 102 ratings on there just saying everybody that's read it there should be 102 ratings on there I agree. Awesome. <laughs> so, Ellen, thank you so much for coming in tonight, sharing your light, the love that you have, the passion that you have for what you write and what you uh, put out into the world. I'm so glad that we've connected once again. I follow your blog. Everyone else needs to follow her blog. There's a lot of great information for authors, for readers, for people struggling with infertility, just for people that want to just read something different her blog has every single bit of it her books are fantastic they're written very superbly and if you're just wanting to challenge yourself to understand something from somebody else's point of view this is the book that you want to go and read this is the series that you want to go and check out um and you know i read a lot of books i read three books a week most weeks um, and I wouldn't sit here and talk this much about it if I did not believe in it and if I did not feel so strongly about it. I mean, it created an emotional reaction for me. So go and read the book. And if you want to go and read my review, you can go on my Goodreads page and go read the review that I gave her book so you can see my exact words. Or you can message me and I'll tell you. Or go back and listen to the whole interview. <laughs> you left like the star rating. I don't think you left a review. So if you want to go back in and leave a review, feel free. <laughs> well, if I didn't, I will because I thought I did. Okay, but you know, hey, my life is a disaster most days, so I, I could have made that mistake. But I I'll make that. sure I do because it's very important. So thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I know this is not the last time we'll see you. I'll be picking up that book in August, um, and I will see you on the flip side. <laughs> Have a good night, Perfect. Ellen. Thanks everybody Perfect. for joining us tonight. Bye. Bye everybody. <laughs>